Hi, this is Chase Harler. I play basketball in Europe for the last three years, and this is Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is Chase Harler, um, WVU alumni, played, has played now for the past three seasons over in Europe. Uh, professional basketball. Chase, thank you for taking some time to to sit down with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit early on in, in your basketball career. You're you, two-time West Virginia Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, state champion in 14, runner-up in 15. Yeah, 15 um, and 16. Why basketball? Why not football? Why not baseball? What got you into basketball? Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I, mean, I grew up playing uh, flag football, uh, baseball, and basketball. And then, you know, as a year, I played baseball all the way up to eighth grade. Obviously quit playing flag football in like sixth grade. So mm -hmm. mostly it was baseball and uh, basketball. And then when I got into high school, I would say probably seventh grade, I started taking basketball more serious. You know, we played AAU out of a team um, out of Morgantown. So we did a little bit of traveling and that really kind of, you know, drew my attention to wanting to take it a little bit more serious. So once high school came, uh, I was still playing travel basketball and during travel basketball was baseball season. So um, I had to kind of make a decision. I probably could have done both, but, you know, obviously I, I really did enjoy basketball, wanted to take it very serious. So didn't have an opportunity to play baseball in high school. However, I did run track in high school for two years, but, you know, basketball is obviously my, my favorite sport, my, my first love when it came to sports. Now, coming from Wheeling Central and, and the Moundsville area, why the decision for WVU? I mean, was that number one on the list? Was that like, yeah, that's where I'm going? Or were there other schools kind of in the running? Yeah, for sure. So being from West Virginia, I was obviously a huge West Virginia fan, um, I think in second second grade, my uh, my room got redone and it was completely blue and gold. So it's still like that now. Down at, I lived in Moundsville. My room's still the same as it was in second grade. Um, don't live there now, obviously, but <laughs> go back down there. It's still it's still blue and gold. So um, you know that was always my goal in the back of my mind. Like I said, I started taking basketball more serious in seventh grade, and that was kind of um, my goal was to play college basketball mm. and. Obviously, I wanted to go to West Virginia at the time. I had no idea if it was attainable, uh, what that would look like. But, you know, the first goal was just to play Division One basketball. And then, obviously, if I had a choice, I would pick West Virginia. And, um, you know, as the years went on, I obviously got better. And uh, AAU played a huge role in my exposure towards Huggins. Because, like you said, I did go to uh, Wheeling Central, great high school, great tradition. At the time, you know, West Virginia basketball is reclassified now, but at the time there was only three classifications mm -hmm. and we were the smallest. So still good basketball. Not every night was high, high level basketball. I'm not going to, I mean, that's just what it is, what it is. So yeah. in order for me to achieve the goal to play high level division one basketball, especially at West Virginia, I had to get out there and play against better competition. Um, play with a team based out of Charleston at the time called the uh, West Virginia Wildcats. They're still around, have a different um, team name, I believe. They're a part of like the Adidas Gauntlet. They're they're much big time, bigger. You know what I mean? They're they're yeah. doing, they're playing uh, 
they're on circuits and everything. At the time, it was just a bunch of local West Virginia kids. However, you know, definitely competed on mm-hmm. uh, every weekend. So, you know, I played that for two years. And then um, the offer started rolling in after my sophomore year. Like you mentioned, we won the state championship in 2014. That was my sophomore year. And that summer, things really started taking off. Um, my first offer was from Marshall University pretty much like two months after the season ended. Mm-hmm. So Marshall University was my first offer. And then I believe it was James Madison, Elon, and Winthrop, all very good uh, college basketball programs, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, mid-level, mid-level teams. And my goal, once I started getting interest in Division One offers, I was like, you know, I really think WVU might be a possibility. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we can dive into that story as well. But when WVU kind of obviously came knocking and wanted to offer me a scholarship, I, I committed on the spot in Coach Huggins' office and, you know, the rest is history. So I want to ask you, because you brought up a really interesting point, and I don't think – I think now more than when maybe when you were coming up through it, the AAU programs, yeah. that's more of where players are getting their exposure, correct? Like you're not necessarily seeing coaches yeah. – at high school games as much as they are going to a tournament where they could see six or seven guys instead of just one guy. For sure. It definitely depends on the area too. Um, I think West Virginia has good basketball. Mm. Other, other, some parts of West Virginia are better than others. Some teams are obviously better than others, but uh, a lot of guys from West Virginia, I would say get recruited on the circuit more so than the AAU circuit more so than, you know, just pure high school basketball at this point. All right, now let's jump into this story because I want to hear what. So, yeah. what is Bob Huggins like when he's recruiting a guy? Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, after my sophomore year, when in states, things started picking up, and um, can't remember the exact timeline. I want to say it was maybe like the first big tournament in July. So, just say the first weekend of July. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing in Columbus against a uh, very good AU program called Ohio Basketball Club, OBC. And uh, we came out slow. We were down by like 20 points at the first quarter, end of the first quarter or something. And with my energy, my will to win, my, you know, my defensive presence, just my aggressiveness, we ended up, you know, making a great run to close the half. They carried over in the second half. Ended up losing the game. However, I probably had one of my best uh, AAU games. And, Luckily, Coach Huggins was sitting courtside during that game. So next week, Coach Huggins actually reaches out to my dad and says, let's, let's, uh, let's get Chase down here and see how we can make him a Mountaineer. I remember that. And they had an a, a elite camp at the first weekend of August. So in my, father, my dad and I's mind, we were thinking, like, how – that's a very broad statement. Let's get him down here to see how we can make him a Mountaineer. That can mean, you know, when I get down there for the elite camps, I, I had a feeling that's when we would have this discussion mm-hmm. at the elite camp. You know, they would say, Hey, like, you know, we think you're a really good player. However, we want you to go to this school. You know what I mean? Cause West Virginia at the time, like I was saying, Wheeling Central was a very small, still was a small school, but we were competing at the smallest level, the lowest level in West Virginia basketball. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to leave Wheeling Central. However, I thought that they might be telling me that, or, you know, if you, if you do this next year, we'll, we'll be able to give you an offer. So the night before the elite camp, sitting in the, in the living room with my family. And the question was, you know, we didn't know if he was going to offer or not, but we said, if he would offer, what are we going to do? Are we going to, you know, thanks coach. 
appreciate the uh, the opportunity. We're going to go home and think about it for a week. And that was one of our options because things were really starting to pick up for me for the recruiting side. I mean, I had mm-hmm. some other uh, bigger schools reaching out and showing more interest. So, you know, the, the thought process was, do we want to end the recruitment or do we want to see who else is interested? We had a conversation for like 20 minutes. And at the end of it, I was like, mom, dad, like if coach Huggins offers me, I'm, I'm going to commit on the spot. Lee camp ends, go up to his office. My mom and dad are in there. Coach Huggins gives his recruiting spill, which I don't remember at all. Like I was so nervous at the end of it. He was like, Chase, we'd like to offer you a, a full, full scholarship to Western university. And I sat there, didn't say a word. My mom was like, Chase, do you want to say something? And I was like, Coach, I like to verbally commit and, you know, stood up, gave each other hugs and committed. I believe it was August 3rd. So I was committed to West Virginia for my junior and my senior year of high school. Now, what were you going to, what did you pursue when you went to WV, as you come down here to WVU? Yeah. Talk about education wise. Yeah. So pretty much my whole, my mom's a dentist, my dad, um, sells insurance as his own uh, agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both of them are, you know, business owners. And throughout my whole life, I wanted to be a dentist and I wanted to pursue science. However, my senior year or my junior year, I had a great teacher, um, sadly passed away two or three years, uh, three or four years ago, but he had a business math class. I took the business math class and really it was just super, eye- it was very basic, but super eye-opening about Kind of just the business world. So when I got to West Virginia, I had I pursued business administration. I uh, graduated with that in three years, and then my fourth year at West Virginia, I got a master's in sports management. Well, and, and education was according to going off of the bio and, and figuring out yeah. from from the things. It's pretty important to you. You're on the commit the Big Twelve commissioner's yeah. honor roll. You're Big Twelve first team all all uh, all academic. Yeah. Um, why the focus so hard? Or did school just kind of, did it come easy? Naturally, um, I, wouldn't or? I wouldn't say it came like super easy. I definitely had to um, study more so in some classes than others. I'll tell you, well, honestly, what the reason why I felt like I had to do other than just like my inner pride, but my wife is super smart. So my wife now just got married three weeks ago, but she's congratulations. Super, well, thank you. So she was always getting 4.0. So I was like, I can't, I can't get 2.5s. I got to at least get a three. I got to at least get above 3.0 or 3.5. And she was the reason why I, uh, like I mentioned, I graduated in three years of my undergrad. Mm-hmm. And um, we were looking at my, whatever, my credits one day or something, picking out classes. And she was like, you know, if you take like two extra classes here, like you can graduate in three years. Like that's what I'm doing. So, you know, we're very competitive. I was like, well, I'll just graduate in three years now. So, you know, it all worked out. And then get my master's right after. Master's paid for. So it worked out awesome. So let's, let's jump back into the basketball side of things. What is the typical day for a division one college basketball player? (laughs) Wow. Okay. Is Um, there a typical day? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely structure, um, things that we do every day. Obviously, there's off days involved sometimes, mm-hmm. but we're always – in the summertime, it's always, uh, you know, depending on your class schedule in the summers, because we're there all summer. We're taking summer classes. Sometimes it's in, in class. Sometimes it's online. But during the summer times, it's always – we have lifting for an hour, um, individuals for an hour, and then um, – open gym so that's about an hour and a half or lifting for an hour and then a two-hour practice so 
I, I don't know what the exact, I think it's like 10 hours a week you get with a team or something, but we would have whatever that is, two or three, um, two hour, two hour practices during the week. And then the days we didn't have practice, we'd have individual workouts and open gym, which is just pick up, but lifting would be, you know, four or five days a week. So, um, my freshman year was tough. I definitely had to adjust. I mean, I've always been a very hard worker, but you know, it's a big jump from single way WV. I mean, single way call, I mean, high school basketball to, you know, big time power five, big 12 basketball, but you know, it was a learning, it was a learning adjustment, but I'm happy. I, uh, you know, stuck through all four years to be completely honest. And so what's Huggy Bear like as a, you know, in practice, what's the, what's his overall, because we see him on the sideline, you, you yeah. see him get mad and whatnot, but it's, it, what's he like on the, on the day to day? He's very intense. Um, demands uh, a lot of effort out of you. And, um, you know, when you're in it, it's hard to see that. And I struggled with that for two years. I've been open about it. I've been, I struggled with that for two years where my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't play a lot. Um, so imagine, you know, like you kind of mentioned the accolades, two-time Gatorade player of the year, state champion on top of the world, go to West Virginia, don't really play for two years. And I'm still getting screamed at almost every day. That was a hard adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I just had to, you know, kind of take a step back, deep, look deep down inside of me and just kind of man up to be completely honest. But my junior and senior year, I could understand that, you know, he's a very intense guy. The best, the best advice I got from a former player was to listen to what he's saying, not how he's saying. Okay. So it's obvious. I mean, hugs is very animated, yells a lot. Like that's no question. You know what I mean? And it just took me two years to kind of figure out like when he's really going at you kind of just, stay cool, calm and collective, listen to what he's actually trying to tell you and kind of go from there rather than being how I took it. My first two, first two years was, no, he didn't like me. That's why he's yelling at me. So it's really, it's not personal where, you know, I figured it out my junior, senior year. That's why I had more success on the floor. Um, I fought my, my last two years at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So your senior year is the, is the COVID year, correct? Yeah. It's the come on, you know, you're, we, we watched everybody, the Madison square garden where they, they pull everybody off the floor and you kind of realize what is for you. That's right. That's the end of the season. So what is, what is the COVID experience like for you guys? You know, cause yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously all the way up until March, everything was normal. Mm -hmm. Um, We started off really good at, at my senior year. And then I think our February, we had a really bad February. I don't think we think we won like one game in February or something, but the one our last game in February kind of just felt like the momentum was going um, back towards us, towards us. And then um, we played Baylor at home for senior night. That's when I proposed to Lindsay. Um, and that was my last game as a Mountaineer. So that's a way to go out. You know what I mean? If you want to go out, that's the way you go out. We yeah. Beat Bay- we beat Baylor at home. They're number four in the country. We were, I think we were ranked. I can't really remember. So, Everything at that point is fine. COVID's not an issue. We got out to the Big 12 tournament on Tuesday. Life is normal. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night, a couple of us were sitting in uh, the hotel room watching the NBA game, and that's when all the guys left the floor. Well, you know, they were told to leave the floor because of COVID. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like, oh, man, this might not be good. So Thursday morning, we're supposed to play Oklahoma that night, first round. And Oklahoma beat us twice in the season. However, we were kind of 
things were going our way. Practices were good. The energy was good. Like, we were really happy with our matchup versus Oklahoma. And um, I remember we were supposed to have shoot around at like 1130. We were sitting in the lobby at 11 and guys are just sitting around. I'm on Twitter. I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see ACC tournament canceled. Big 10, Pac-12. I'm like, oh, shit. Literally 10 seconds later after that, we get a, a text from one of our coaches saying, hey, they canceled the Big 12 tournament. Go get your bags. Put them in the lobby. We don't know when our planes could be back. And then we're like, oh, man. Two or three hours later, I'm sitting with Hugs. I remember. I was sitting with Hugs. My parents were sitting beside me. Hugs was sitting across from me. There's a TV behind Hugs. And we were just talking, like, damn, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I looked past Hugs, and on the ESPN, on the bottom ticker, it says, um, you know, breaking news, March Madness is canceled. And I was like, oh, no way. And, you know, that's kind of my how my college career ended. So how does that being the ending there transition to you going over to Europe? So you start in Lithuania, correct? Yep. Right. And then now you're in Sweden. I just finished in Sweden. Yeah. So, you know, during, we have a lot of alumni come back. Um, that's a really cool thing about West Virginia where in the summer times, you know, guys I looked up to Kevin Jones, Joe Alexander, Alex Ruoff, John Flowers, Chuck Bryant, Devin Ebanks, you know, guys like that, that I grew up watching are in the facility. So, you know, my freshman year, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's Alex Rudolph. But now, like, Alex Rudolph and I are good friends. But to be honest, I really didn't know a ton about, um, like, European basketball. So, obviously, those guys were, those guys were playing, mm-hmm. come talk about their experience. So, that kind of, you know, put that little idea in my mind. And then, you know, my senior year, I went back and forth with the idea of, you know, do I want to maybe get into coaching? Do I want to pursue my business degree, you know, use something in that field? Um, but once the season ended, kind of how it did, I was like, well, I can't go out like that, you know, basketball wise, like, yeah, yeah. Proposing great, (laughs) but basketball, basketball standpoint, I can't go out like that. So that was um, a very important clarification there. I saw that you, (laughs) she's upstairs listening. So I'm sure she appreciated that, but, um, yeah, I couldn't go out that from a basketball standpoint. So, uh, hired an agent, um, they got me the job in Lithuania, had a good mm-hmm. rookie year, then um, took a step up to uh, play in Sweden. We had a great year in Sweden. Our team was very, very good. I had a good, I had a solid um, second year. We made it to the championship, first time in club history, um, best uh, record in club history, most wins in a row in club history, like broke every team record that we could possibly beat. I mean, break, we beat that last year. So, you know, Sweden was a uh, great experience. Now, what, what's on the horizon for this upcoming season? Yeah, so I have a uh, I have an offer in Hungary to go play. I haven't signed it yet. Probably will end up in Hungary. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of days to kind of decide what I want to do. But, I mean, I probably would assume I'm going to end up in Hungary for year three. And still have the bug. It's not it, – the basketball bug's not going away anytime soon. No, it's, uh, it's still there. It's definitely still there. I'm still, you know, working out two times a day, like the, the motivation's obviously still there. And um, Lindsay um, has two more years of vet school at Ohio state. So, you know, it sucks being gone from, you know, from each other for that long. However, mm-hmm. she gets to come over for, you know, an average about three weeks. So that makes it nice. Um, but like I said, she's in vet school. She would, she studies 20 hours a day. So 
You know what I mean? Even if I was here just working a job or doing whatever, you know, she would be in her room or at the yeah. library. This is a perfect, like I said, it sucks being gone. I mean, apart from each other this long, but it's like the perfect time to do it. You know what I mean? Year five for me, she has two more years. So you know, when she's a, a vet, that's kind of when we'll decide what, what makes sense for us. Now I got to ask you, can you give me the name of, cause that, that's why I went with the country instead of going, Yeah. what was, so Lithuania's team was. Uh, Palongos Kursai. And the team that you were just with in Sweden. Yeah. Domplin basket. It was in a town called Ostersund, which is super North. So it was crazy. Um, they would tell, they told me the winters would be like dark and cold, but you know, you don't really believe people in that, whatever. So we, uh, I got there and then from, oh my gosh, probably like the middle end of October to middle of February, sun would go down. Sun would come up about 10 AM, go down 1 PM and it would never be sunny. It would just be cloudy. And I mean, there were snow piles 15, 20 feet high. And just normal there, right? At the, yeah, it's just normal. Like, I didn't have a car in Sweden. Not a car in Lithuania, but I didn't have a car in Sweden. It was a literally. I walk out my apartment, turn left, and walk straight for less than ten minutes, eight minutes. I was at the gym, mm-hmm. but I would literally have to wear like long sleeve shirt, hoodie, big puffer jacket, and then I have to wear like long johns, two pairs of socks, sweatpants, walk to the gym, and pitch dark at two p.m. You know what I mean? So that was an experience itself. However, like I said, our team was really good. Mm-hmm. I had three other imports on my team, two Americans, one Canadian, and we had a great time. Um, and then, and plus in Sweden, everyone speaks English, which makes it really nice. Yeah. Way, a lot of people speak English, which made it obviously tough. And I was the only American on the team. Um, so when, when you're the playing, like you said, year five is when you're going to reevaluate. Do yeah. you feel that, you still might want to pursue the coaching angle and yeah, and that way and give and give kind of back to the game of basketball. Yeah, I would definitely want to be around the game of basketball. Um, I mean, my dream, not dream. My one of my main goals I'd love to be able to do would be a uh, maybe like a player development coach and assistant coach on an NBA team. So mm-hmm. the uh, you know your position is to you know do workouts for the players. Um, study their game, improve their game. And um, I, I mean, I don't know a ton about it, but I'm assuming you're more so on that side of it rather than doing like X's and O's and scouting. You're more so um, getting paid to do, get our players better and we'll handle the other side. So I'd love to do something along those lines. I still do in the summer times back in Wheeling. I do, uh, you know, I do basketball workouts for, you know, the local uh, high school kids and mm-hmm. middle school kids. So I've been doing that the last three summers and uh, you know I enjoy doing that so what advice would you have for you know you got a you got a kid that's in seventh grade that he's he picks up a basketball what's the advice for him at home to make him a better basketball player on the day-to-day for sure so I I started taking basketball more serious in seventh grade and when I say more serious I mean not just showing up to practice where I can still remember I'm, I'm a huge on writing down what I want to do. So mm-hmm. seventh grade, um, got a notebook. I'm not sure where I saw, I might saw it on YouTube. I was big on YouTube as well, looking up basketball players, looking up their workouts. But in seventh grade, I remember I had a notebook and I would go to the gym by myself or I would go with my dad and I have written out what I want to work on. So 
you know, five spots, 10 makes of this. And then I want to work on a left-handed pull-up where, you know, from sixth grade and lower, I believe that the game should be fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I, I shouldn't say the game's always fun. However, if you want to take that next step in your, your career or the next step in your game, the way to separate yourself is do the extra stuff. So, you know, seventh grade practice would be 6.30 to 7.30, but I'm at the YMCA or the wellness center from four to six, get picked up, go to practice and then go home. I'm writing out my plan for the next day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that especially younger kids that want to actually take the game serious and want to get better, they have to figure out things that their friends are doing. A lot of kids in seventh grade weren't going to the gym for you know an hour and a half, two hours and actually working on things. Like you can go to the gym for three hours and mess around where I was in there for an hour and hour, hour and a half, had my plan written out and I was really determined and um, structured on what kind of what I wanted to do. Well, that brings us to the end. I want to say thank you very much for taking the for time sure. to sit down with us. Good luck and, and a healthy, successful season in, in Hungary. If that's where you end up um, yeah. for all of you at home, Go back to the beginning if you're just joining us. Makes no sense to watch the end because I'm just going to tell you where you can find all the stuff. So go back to the beginning because Chase had a lot of good stuff to say. Um, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio on the audio side, um, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Wiz- the Wisdom app. The only one that's different is on Instagram. You have to type in dingo underscore talk. If you type in the regular Dingo Talk, it's going to show you the wild dogs from Australia. Uh, it's not <laughs> me. Uh, it's not my page. You can give them some love too, but then, you know, put the underscore there. Come follow us. Uh, Chase, again, thank you. Congratulations on the on the marriage and best of luck thank in you. Hungary. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And you guys can catch us every week, 10 a.m. here. Uh, we'll see you next week, Chuckleheads. <laughs>